0: Will you all please rise for the singing of uh, sacred love.
1: Good morning. That's our awesome band. Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living. My name is Reverend Pat Brideau and it is my honor to preside for you this morning and an even greater privilege to be one of your staff ministers here at the Center. I'd like to remind us all what we stand for. We are a spiritual community that blesses all teachings and all spiritual teachers. We know that there is no wrong way to worship, whether it be lighting a candle, facing the east, burning incense, repeating a mantra, lighting a menorah, or offering a prayer. We respect all of the ways that there are to draw closer to spirit, because we know that even though there may appear to be great differences in the path, the destination is always the same. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome here. Our vision is inspiring the recognition of spirit in all. And so we welcome all of you. Thank you for choosing to spend this morning with us. If you are new here, if this is your first time, congratulations. You found your way to a wonderful spiritual community a wonderful teaching, and even more magnificent people. So please join us after the service at the welcome table, and there is a package of information for you. You can get any questions answered, and there's a gift for you as well. So thank you for being here. And now would you please all stand and join us as we sing God You Are. So, I'd like to make a few announcements. There are such wonderful things happening here, and I'm going to highlight a few of them. Our fourth quarter credentialed classes start on the week of April the 6th. So, please, there's an insert in your program that outlines all of the courses, and this is one of the best gifts you can give yourself. It's an opportunity for you to make connections with people and to make connections about how. The things that you're doing are creating your life. So classes are a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And there should be something for everyone. We've got lots of great classes starting. So please do yourself a favor. Read the insert and see if there's something there for you. And then after, after if you'll um, go to the back to register, it would be really helpful. Uh, we also have a new men's group starting. Um, I made this mistake last week. So any man who is interested... Last week we had a woman in the audience saying, oh, I'll be there. Um, So the men's group is starting on April 2nd, 7 p.m. So if you are male and interested in creating community, please join us here um, for that group. April 12th is Easter Sunday, and we have a special treat. We're calling this Bring a Friend Sunday. There is a choir who's coming from... uh, It's called the Mamesa African Choir, and they were here last year. They were magnificent. They're back in town, and they're doing um, all three of our Easter Sunday services as well as a special concert here at the center on the evening of April 24th. So if you are interested in the evening concert the tickets are available this week at the back. please um, please go and buy your tickets um, and buy them early because we sold out last last year, and they're doing fewer venues this year. They're going to be at the Windspear in here, and that's it. So um, if you if that day is available, please make sure that you go quickly to get your tickets. Also, on April the 19th, Rick Moss, Dr. Rick Moss, is going to be our guest speaker at all three Sunday celebrations. And he's also facilitating an afternoon workshop called Healing and Transformation The Power of Liberating the Subconscious. Dr. Moss will also be available for personal coaching sessions. So please um, look in your program. There's an insert in there with the details. And um, again, at the back table if you're interested in signing up for that. And now, I'm going to pass this over to Robin.
0: So what I want to say about today's feature soloist is uh, how much we all love her and appreciate the work she does at the center. Sue Hodge, she's been here for almost four years, doing many, many things on the stage, and you all enjoy her music, and many things behind the scenes, like organizing the music and that sort of thing, and thank God for her, because organization is not one of my strong points So Sue picks up the slack in that area, and it's something I really appreciate about her, and one of the ways she is in service to the center, that may may be something you don't know about. And the other thing you might not know is that Sue does work in uh, sound healing. It's something we both share a real passion for, and the power of sound and music and healing. And it's uh, a work she does, too, and has put a lot of study into. So if it's something you're interested, you might want to talk to her about it. And uh, she's giving a workshop, I believe, in her home. You can talk to her, I think, April 24th that weekend. And has a wonderful, well, two CDs. And her latest one has put into practice a lot that she's learned about sound healing. And the other thing you may not know about Sue that you'll find out today is she really is a rock star. So I'd like to introduce (laughs) Sue Hodge. (laughs) Rock star.
2: You're in for a treat. I couldn't help but notice at one point that there were a lot of people in this congregation that were, I don't know, roughly my age. And I know that Rush used to play at my high school dances, and they were like, cool. I really like Rush. <laughs> The ones to start to mold a new reality, closer to the heart, closer to the heart. The blacksmith and the artist, reflected in their art, they forge their creativity closer to the heart, closer. A new the rollers at heart.
1: Thank you so much. That's a side of Sue I've never seen before. <laughs> and I just need to share the perspective from up here is a little different. We had people waving, we had people, the new, new era, not a BIC lighter, it was a cell phone light going off. <laughs> so it was really quite delightful. Thank you. Not too many places on a Sunday morning that you'd get that kind of music, is there? told you it was an incredible community. Um, and now it's my privilege to introduce our practitioners of the day. These are the people who are trained in the art and science of uh, spiritual mind treatment and who hold the consciousness not just during the service and before the service, but hold the, hold the consciousness all week long for those uh, desires of your heart that you're expanding into. And so our practitioners in service today are Reverend Catherine Cardinal Audrey Mae Caldwell, Sandra Gibbs, and Vita Crawford. <laughs> After service as well, they, uh, they will be available for one-minute ministry in the room to my left. And if you, have, uh, if you want to fill out one of the cards that's in your program, the Opportunity for You card, and put it in the collection basket, they will be holding uh, a new thought for you in the coming week. And now please join me in welcoming up Sandra Gibbs to do our reading.
3: Good morning. I'm reading from When Things Fall Apart by Pima Pima Chodron. Bodhicitta is a Sanskrit word that means noble or awakened heart. It is said to be present in all things. Just as butter is inherent in milk and oil is inherent in a sesame seed, this soft spot is inherent in you and me. We awaken this bodhicitta, this tenderness for life, when we can no longer shield ourselves from the vulnerability of our condition, from the basic fragility of existence. In the words of the 16th Galiwa Karmapa, you take it all in, you let the pain of the world touch your heart, and you turn it into compassion. It is said that in difficult times, It is only bodhicitta that heals. When inspiration has become hidden, when we feel ready to give up, this is the time when healing can be found in the tenderness of pain itself. This is the time to touch the genuine heart of bodhicitta. In the midst of loneliness, in the midst of fear, in the middle of feeling misunderstood and rejected, is the heartbeat of all things the genuine heart of sadness. Just as a jewel that has been buried in the earth for a million years is not discolored or harmed, in the same way this noble heart is not affected by all of our kicking and screaming. The jewel can be brought out into the light at any time, and it will glow as brilliantly as if nothing had ever happened no matter how committed we are to unkindness, selfishness, or greed, the genuine heart of Bodhicitta cannot be lost. It is here in all that lives, never marred, and completely whole. And now I'd like to introduce. And it is my privilege, actually, an opportunity to introduce my teacher and the spiritual director of the largest and fastest-growing New Thought community in Canada, Reverend Patrick Cameron.
4: Good job. Thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> it's great to be back. We were, I was gone last week. There's no place like home as I click my heels together. I'd like to invite you to stand up with me if you'd like. We're going to sing a song, say a prayer, take a stand for who and what we are, remind ourselves in this moment of that divine presence that we are. so I invite you to know with me in this moment as we remind ourselves and bring us into this present moment collectively and individually this is the eternal moment the one moment and as we recognize this one life and claim it as our own we step into union we step into that deep and beautiful sacred covenant of conversation that guides us and leads us inspires us resources us directs us loves us as we become that clean hollow vessel of divine expression We show up in the world, a power and a force for good. And so I just give thanks this day to stand with you in the remembrance of that. Let us today, collectively and individually, understand the power of slowing down. May we slow down in this moment. As we slow down our thinking and our breathing and our being and our knowing, something beautiful and wonderful has an opportunity to become more clearly evident in our experience. That inner knowing that we live from that we create from that is the core of our being so if we have disconnected from that life force let us step back into that circle of love Rumi used to say step out of that circle of time into the circle of love it is that journey we're about this day I celebrate in this moment the knowing and the understanding and the guidance and the clarity and the awareness that emerges by means of each and every one of us as we stand together in that conversation that beautiful conversation of love I give thanks knowing that we have come together in the agreement and the knowing and set the table the banquet is served I give thanks knowing every good thing that serves every person here including myself is made clear, available and obvious for this I give thanks and I invite you to stay with me as we release these words in gratitude and appreciation knowing that our great good is here now and in gratitude, together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. Thank you. Slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. So I've we gone last week. Missed you all if you weren't here. Well, you didn't miss me. But uh, it was quite an exciting week. Reverend Catherine Cardinal uh, Reverend sitting right there. She was in, in California with us and um, I get mixed up with my Catherines. Have you noticed there's a few of them around here? And Reverend Catherine McLeod had a, an interesting experience. Her, her uh, talk was the what real life and real life happened last week when I was gone. And if you weren't here, her husband Norm slipped on the way out to the door on Sunday morning and cracked the back of his head open and had to go to the emergency room. And so we we, all, we were all called to a, a bigger idea and a bigger awareness around that experience because that's, a, that's the real life that sometimes your spiritual practice goes right out the window and you go right back into the worry that most of us were raised with. So it was, a, it was an interesting day, and I felt so grateful when that happened that we, we, were, we had our practice. We have our spiritual practice, which is that we support one another at the level of consciousness. So that something bigger, we knew that something bigger was, was seeking expression by means of that experience for all of us. And so it was quite wonderful to watch this community be called to, to arms in consciousness and to support those two lovely people through their experience. And so Catherine came and she did her two talks and, and uh, uh, did an amazing job, I'm told. And, and so in, and those of us who were traveling to California also held the high watch for her. But it's such a blessing to have our teaching in our lives because it's so easy to spin in the collective consciousness of worry and doubt, lack and limitation, not enough. And it's, it's wonderful for us to be able to know that something powerful and wonderful is happening, despite what it looks like. Because to abandon principle in our time of need, as Dr. Ernest Holmes said, is to not understand principle at all. So I wanted to share a quote with you this, this day that I think speaks uh, quite profoundly about my experience last week and our experience each time we get together. Last week I went to Asilomar, which was our annual, it was annual leadership, leadership uh, gathering, which is a new name for us. It was a new experience. There were about 300 ministers there. And uh, it was quite interesting, because uh, a lot of great information, but also just being in the consciousness, that collective consciousness. Because over time, what you find is that people that apply apply these principles with meaning and impact in their lives, there's an energy that's just available when you're collectively together that's quite beautiful. And I think this speaks to this, as well as our gathering each Sunday. And I wanted to share this with you. short quote here from Oso, O-S-H-O. The master is not a master over others but a master of himself or herself. And so welcomes others not because he or she wants to lead them, but because together they create an energy field that supports each unique individual in finding his or her own light. So it's really leadership is really about being who we are and creating a space where we can come together and where, where our own light can emerge. Because if we're all one, then when we support the highest and best of one another, We're we're doing our work. All we can do at the level of this human experience is continue to transform our consciousness. Wherever we are, whatever the challenges are, whatever the fears that show up for us, the loneliness, the lack of the limitation, that uh, bodhicitta that Sandra read to you. Bodhicitta is that noble heart, that awakened heart. And it doesn't mean that life's not painful, but what we do when we're awake is whatever experience shows up for us, it's transformed through our heart into compassion. into awareness, so everything that shows up in our life is supporting us in a bigger idea into a bigger experience, whatever it may be, because despite this form, we're going to be done with this form at some point in time, and why would we take form, why would we have this experience, these challenges, and I think for us, I believe that we're here ultimately to serve spirit, to serve God, and we do that in service to one another, we do that in service to ourselves. So as we're in service to ourselves, as we grow in consciousness, we're in service to one another, we're in service to God. There's no private good, as Dr. Holmes talked about. So we're here to do this work and to wake up. The buddha They asked the Buddha, are you enlightened? He said, no, I'm awake. I'm awake to my life. There's a great quote I heard this past week that the, 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 the way to find oneself is to surrender oneself in service to others, from Gandhi. I think that's a wonderful banner that we can put up when we add a few more banners around here. The way we find ourselves, the fastest way to find ourselves, I don't think he used the fastest, but the way to find ourselves is through being in service to others. And so it's very interesting how we come together. Each Sunday we come together in this community, and it's really about, yeah, we have the details of our lives going on, we have challenges, we have conflict, we have opportunities, and the, and the challenges the joys and the sorrows of life and all that's important because that's the friction that's the thing that helps rub the, the sharp edges off one another so that we can be in the world in a new and powerful way we can be together and, and to simply it's not about it's not about doing more it's simply about understanding the depth of, and the beauty of who and what we are when we stand in that light and in that, that awareness so body, bodhisattva is the noble heart, I'm sorry, bodhicitta. Bodhisattva is one who is in deep service to God. My wife Laura, I, w- I was reminded this past year that she is one in deep service to God. That's a bodhi, bodhisattva. Bodhicitta is noble heart, the awakened heart. And so it's very interesting when you, when you, live, with a, 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 you live with a mystic in a, in a little, call her a Sufi. We're going to do all of Rumi's poetry next month. But it's very interesting. It's a beautiful dance. And I'm going, to ta- I'm going to tell, actually, the next month, I'm going to be telling our story because our story is a beautiful story about coming together in that, in that awareness and the consciousness that it requires, the work that we have to do. Because people come up to me all the time. When I was at Asylum, I, uh, Laura was not with me. She was here holding down the fort. Probably 15 people I haven't talked to in a meaningful way in 10 years came up to me and they all wanted to know how we met. And people always frequently will say, you know, this this is a wonderful thing you have, and we'd like, I want that for my life. And so it's not linear is what I'm going to tell you. But if you prepare the consciousness for the experience, it shows up. So I'm going to share that next month. I'm going to use pieces of that, because that's real. We talked about that yesterday. And I think it's important to hear that possibility and, and to see how that gets demonstrated on the planet. And that's part of my ministry. That's been part of my journey. That's been part of my waking up. And so... I met August Gold, in, uh, well I didn't meet August, I, I reconnected with August in, uh, in California this last week. And August is an amazing woman. I, we used her book, we used August's book uh, last year, not, not this year, but in January we gave 350 copies away. If you were a member here, we gave you a copy of The Prayer Chest and we asked you to read it and then pass it on. And I had a number of people come up to me and say, oh my gosh, I cried my eyes out reading this book. And I said, yeah, it's a sad story. But it's a wonderful story because it's about someone that says yes to everything. And that's August's message. She says yes to everything. We have to be willing, if we understand that everything is here for us, that we are part of the one, and once we start to live intentionally and consciously, then everything that shows up is for us. Everything that shows up is for us. For our, our growing in that consciousness, that awareness, that beauty, that possibility, that potential. All of it. Wherever we are on our journey. All of it becomes a gift. So that's, that's August's story. It's part of her theme that she shares. And so two years ago at the Circle of Love event, which we're going to do another one in, in uh, Kelowna this coming sum, uh, summer. I'm helping organize it. I wanted to do it in Edmonton, but we didn't have a space big enough to fit all of the pieces into what we wanted. So we, I found a place in Kelowna. And August won't be there. I asked her to come to Edmonton. I've asked her every, you know, every time I talk to her, come to Edmonton. She says, is that near Toronto? Nope, not even close. But she's an amazing force of nature, this woman. So anyway, I connected with her for, you know, in in the Circle of Love in Kansas City, we connected, we visited for a few days while she was there. She's an amazing woman. She has a church in New York City. She's written this book. She's an independent. She's not aligned with, we're aligned with the International Centers for Spiritual Living. And we're going back through this integration with our brothers and sisters in the United Centers for Spiritual Living. So in another year or two, we're not going to have two organizations. We're going to be one. Now, it's only taken us 50 years or 60 years to heal this. So if you're having trouble in your own life, I want you to know that those of us that live it and teach it have had a struggle with it as well. But it is a reflection of what we're called to do. And there's far more interesting things for us to do organizationally on this planet than fight with one another and decide who teaches science of mind 100 better or more efficiently. Because at the end of the day, it is not about the words on the page. It is about the consciousness upon the words. It's about the consciousness that you and I embody. It's the energetic. So when I sit down with, with, with August, first time I met her, we sat down. And she just, after about a, a half a day of, of doing the dance, of just getting to know one another, she said, man, I get you, brother. I get you. And I said, well, I get you too. And she's, a, she's an amazing woman. She's been with her. She celebrated her anniversary in Asilomar with her partner, Carol. And they're two beautiful ladies that have been in this beautiful, loving relationship for 17 years. And so I was quite touched because here comes August, and she knows all the ministers, and she's very well connected. And the William Morris Agency asked her last week, what kind of, if she was to do a television program, what kind of program would she do? I mean, we could be watching her like we're watching Oprah here in a very short period of time. It's amazing consciousness, this woman. And August always says, everything shows up for us. Everything. And so we're having the conversation, and, and, and this energetic of it that, that I just feel so connected to this woman, and we had that conversation, but it's, it's a, a conversation of soul to soul. It's just fascinating and interesting to watch. And so when I, w- I went to the minister's conference last year in, in New Jersey, she said, come and speak at my church. Well, I got there, and, and if you're around a bunch of ministers, there's quite a mad dash to get to the podium to do your talk, because of course, you've got to do that, and so it, as things unfolded, that didn't happen for me, it happened for somebody else, and that was fine, I, I was good with that, and, Laura and I actually went and attended the service at her, her center, and she was gone. So, uh, and she doesn't handle that. Kind of like around here, you think I have all the answers, you come to me with all these great ideas, you're talking to the wrong guy. I do this. If you want to get a bowling league together here, don't come talk to me, because I'm not going to get it together for you. You've got to talk to somebody else. You want to rent a facility for something, don't talk to me. Talk to somebody else. So same thing with August. She said, I thought you were speaking. I said, no, it wasn't me, somebody else. But anyway, we had this conversation, and it was just wonderful and to, to connect and to sit down and to, to just have this deep conversation of connection. And when you're in that vibration, when you're in the vibration of someone that is on fire, that has stepped into the radiance of life and lives there more times than not, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. You know, we have these experiences in life. We have these, these, these illnesses that show up in our life. We have the challenges. We have the lack and the limitation. It's a wonderful quote that I wanted to uh, share with you. From Rob Lehman, he said, The great blind spot in human history is that we so often see life as separate and alien when it is truly being woven together in love. All this is to weave us together in love. It is the occasional glimpse of this weaving that the Christians call Christ consciousness and the Buddhists call enlightenment. Additionally, the goal of spiritual practice is to be worn through enough so that these flashes of illumination gradually become the abiding light. What happens for us, I believe, when these challenges show up, that, that, that those experiences crack us open. The great sorrows, the great joys. And typically it's from the loneliness. Typically it's from what the, the bodhicitta is. And that we activate that. We, we activate the noble awakened heart through Tonglen. This is very interesting because as a student of, of, of science of mind, I would go to my teacher and I'd say, Well, this is great. I'm doing affirmative prayer. And then I'm on the side of the road and someone an ambulance goes by me. And what do I do? Because I know there's suffering going on somewhere. You know, what's my part to play in this? You hear the ambulance? Have you never, Do you do that when a siren goes by? Doesn't it bring you into a different awareness? And all of a sudden, there's something happening. What do I do? Because I care. I have compassion. And so, the, the, you know, we ponder this. And I get this question in class all the time. Once we become trained in our thinking, see, clarity is powerful. And once we become trained in our thinking, then we no longer have the luxury because we realize how important and impactful thought is. If you've done any of the work, if you've looked at any of the, 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 um, the message of water by that Japanese doctor Ito, he, he put the names of the, the, the qualities on the sides of water, love, compassion, caring, and, th- and then, they would, then they would photograph the, the, how the water uh, crystallized. And these beautiful forms would take shape. And when it was a dysfunctional or negative energy, another thing would happen. We are, constantly, we are tr- constantly transmitting and receiving. And Tonglen, the practice, the Buddhist practice of Tonglen, T-O-N-G-L-E-N, is giving and receiving. And so what my teacher was telling me 15, 17 years ago, when I brought this question, you know, what about suffering in the world? Because I was raised that, that, that to suffer with people, you know, share my worry with people. You know, the, to offer up my pain, I, my mother was great at this, and she was a, she, my mother's a mystic, but her, her spiritual practice was offer up my suffering for the poor souls in purgatory. I didn't even know where purgatory was. But I was suffering, and it gave me something, it gave me something interesting to focus on. So that was something I had to break through, that was a pattern, and Tonglin is giving and receiving. And so, what happens with Tonglen, what happens with Bodhicitta, how we activate this noble heart, this awakened heart, is that we take it in. We know there's suffering in the world. We take it in and we transform it. That's a Sufi meditation that I, that, that I currently, Laura and I currently do. And the meditation is you go into the quiet and you, you get yourself into a state of unconditional love, whatever that may mean for you. You visualize, you, you, you embody this state of unconditional love, whatever, whatever. Everybody's got a peak moment in their life, something where someone just touched your, reached in and touched your heart. And you bring yourself back to that memory. And then as, and, and then as think, thoughts come in your meditation, whether they be joyful or sorrowful, or somewhere in between on that, that scale, wherever it may be, then you dissolve it into your heart. You dissolve it. You, you allow that suffering to be dissolved into your heart. So you don't run away from the situation. You don't run away and, and try and avoid the pain of life. Because when we do that, we just create more pain. And that's part of our practice. I mean, we're in, we're in deep, deep... This is deep work we do. And that's why it takes time. I tell people, you can't fast-track this. You know, can I take two Science of Mind classes at once? You can do it. I'm only going to give you your credit for one. For most of us, because we need time to rewire how we think, how we feel, how we do this. And it's possible. There's a great story that I love by Nasruddin. And Nasruddin is a Sufi... Fool, wise man that they use throughout the Sufi tradition. And the Sufis are the Islamic, the Muslim tradition. They're the fools for God. It's what Rumi was. Rumi was an ecstatic. And we're going to talk about Rumi next week. And we've got, uh, we've got the meza coming for, for Easter, so that's going to be fun. And they're really excited about coming here. I said, what can we give them? Holly, who book, helped book them. I said, is there some gift? Is there something we, as a community could give them individually? And she looked at me and she said, Yeah you can continue to share the energy. Just continue to love them up and share the energy. I mean they, they just want, to. they can't wait to get back here because we know how to love them up. I keep, telling, I keep telling August that, August you gotta come to Edmonton because we'll love you up, we'll treat you really good. And she says, I know but I just hate to travel. I said, well it's time for a bigger idea August. But to love one another up, it's the giving and receiving. So August has this great story. I've heard her speak four times. She uses the same four illustrations, which is really a, a lesson for me. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you tell your story and it's powerful, impactful, you can go anywhere with it. You know, you only need four stories. I'm looking for new stories every week. Shucks, I'm, I'm making this too hard. I could tell my story of Billy Frankie in grade two for the next 50 years and probably make it work. If you weren't here for that, you missed it. You're going to have to buy the tape. Anyway, anyway. So August, she's, she's talking about this now. I'll finish my Nasrudin story first. Nasrudin's t- uh, so one of his students shows up one day, and knocks on the door, and says, "Nasrudin, here I am." And he says, "Fantastic! I knew you were coming." And he says, "Come on, let's go." And he hands him a bucket. He says, "Come on, we're gonna go, go get water." And so they're uh, they're trotting down, and they get to the well. It's down a couple couple clicks down the road, and and Nasrudin says, "Here, hold the bucket." So the student's holding the bucket, and Nasruddin is pouring water into the bucket, and he's pouring more water into the bucket. He just keeps pouring and pouring, and the bucket's not filling up, and Finally, the student says, after about 15 minutes, "Is says, you're an idiot. This bucket doesn't hold water. It's leaking. And Nazrudin said, well, he says, I, don't, I wasn't paying any attention to the bottom of the bucket. I'm looking at the top of the bucket, which is how most of us live our lives. It's not about... And this is what, what's great about this story is that, see, we think it's all about the top of the bucket. We think about it, it's more and more and more. When I first came to this teaching... And my, my son's here from California. I'll make him come up and I'll introduce him to you today. But when I first came to this teaching, and you weren't born yet, but your mom and I came to this teaching. And she was a great teacher for me, wonderful lady. They live in California. She's doing a great job. She's a great mom. And so we figured, you know what? Let's, you know, we're abundant and prosperous. Our big thing was prosperity. Anybody else here ever focused on prosperity in your life? Or just me. A couple? Okay, so there are three people over to the right here. Nobody oh, okay, there, are three more there. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so we're focused on prosperity, right? And we know we're the thing itself, and I'm going to do this prayer treatment, and I'm going to be abundant. Money is going to fall into my lap out of the sky because that's what The Secret says. I love that movie, The Secret. They make it so easy. I'm making it too hard. All this personal work, all this development. Jacks, just do the prayer and wait for the money to fall into your lap. That's my challenge with The Secret, okay? That's the hors d'oeuvre. That's not the dinner. And it's a long way from dessert, I'm telling you. But the work we're doing is so important. I don't think we're here. I think that's part of the effect of, of consciousness. But, but so we, we, we found the teaching. And so what we did is we would treat. And then we would go out and buy stuff with credit. Because we're abundant, powerful, and free. And then you know what? Those guys wanted to get paid. And I would send them a letter and say, look, I'm abundant, powerful, and free. They didn't like that. I was missing something. This is not working the way I planned. The money's not falling into my lap. But we can fall into that. Now what I realize is that everything has its cost. And the joy, the joy in my life now is that, that I use my money the way I want to use it to support the highest and best results for myself. So, you know, Laura and I have this discussion. My, my new my truck, my new truck, 1999, my new truck, uh, <laughs> is making funny noises right now. It's making really funny noises. And so we were talking about it yesterday, but I could go buy a new vehicle this afternoon. All I'd have to be willing to do is make sixty or seventy-two easy payments. <laughs> so, do I want to do that, or do I want to have some freedom? Do I want to travel? Do I want to? I mean, for me, it's it's not either or. But I realize, you know what? This is a commitment. I'm going to step into this. So, I mean, in all of that, I think we all have the discussion. So, it's really about wisdom. It's about making choices that support the highest and best. And I'll do that one day. I'll probably have to. Or I'll be riding my 10-speed over here. But the point being is, this is not magic. It requires a shift and change in consciousness. And so, it's not, and so what happened is that I was focused on the top of the bucket. And I'm pouring water in, I'm pouring water in, I'm pouring hot water in. And I can't hold it. Because good was coming into my life. See, we all have inflow into our lives. The, the, the shift that had to take place for me, and Laura's been a great teacher for me on this, is you spend less than you make. <sighs> What a metaphysical idea! (laughs) Oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? I mean, part of consciousness is managing what you have, and and so when I would when we would spend beyond what we had, it created stress, and then it takes away from the relationship, it takes away from the quality of life. So there wasn't enough money to fill that bucket up because there was no bottom in the bucket, there was no mental equivalent, there was no place for it to be held, and so the love shows up into our lives. If we haven't created the mental equivalent, which is what I'm going to talk about next week that was my amazing experience, because what Laura and I were talking about yesterday, you know, when people come up to you and talk about relationship, we can talk about that because we live that, and when it continues to grow, it's not about just finding one another. Then it's about being in the agreement and being in the conversation that allows the, the, the relationship to grow and to be rich and wonderful and powerful. I think that's part of my message to take to the world. It's po- it is possible, I'm telling you. It's a beautiful thing. But you have to have teachers along the way, and you have to take the experiences. You have to take the, the heartbreak and the ending of dreams. See, what, what happens with us is we, we don't realize that we're, all, we're in a constant state of being reborn, and there's always death before the reborn. And the, and the death is the death of a dream. When a, when a relationship ends, I mean, we go to a relationship, we have this dream, we have this fantasy, and then we get into consensus reality and it doesn't line up, or, or the, uh, people's life's journey, we, we part, we grow beyond one another, we grow in different ways, and that needs to be experienced as well, but all of that is important, but you have to be present with it, and so when we run away from the pain, when we continue to run away from the pain, we don't just stand and take it all in, to give and receive, and to have the awareness and the consciousness to be able to hold it all, and understand, we're buzzing pretty good boys. Sounds like I'm gonna blow up here any minute. <laughs> if I do, I want you all to know I loved you very much, and this has been a great. I appreciate all of it. Laura, I'll wait for you, okay? <laughs> I'm feeling it. All right, so well, let's just ignore the buzzing. Isn't that great? That'd be like me telling you, don't. There's a great story about the, the student that travels all over the mountains, goes over the Tibetan mountains to, to meet the great teacher. And he says, teacher, tell me the greatest thing that I I can take with me for spiritual practice. He says, whatever you do, don't think of a monkey. (laughs) And so he says, thanks. And he goes all the way back over the mountains thinking of a monkey every day. Perfect, that's wonderful. I was just ready to go into spiritual mind treatment to get rid of that. So the point being with all of this is that that Tonglen activates the noble heart. And and when we have the presence, and that's why sometimes we need prayer partners. That's sometimes we sit in prayer. When I sat with August, and it was so sweet, she gets to the event and she texts me. I didn't know if she even had my cell phone. I get this text from some woman, and, 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 uh, and I realized it was her partner, Carol, and they wanted to have lunch. Uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just so touched and honored. And, uh, and, and so we sat down. It was interesting, too, because I sat down with her in the big uh, um, dining hall there, Crocker Hall at Asilomar, and everyone eats together at these round tables. And we were going to sit and talk at lunch. So let's have lunch together. You be my date. I said, Great. I'm there. I want to spend time with her and just drink in her energy. And we talked a bit. But the the, the interesting thing was she's so irresistible that every time we start talking, somebody come over and had to shake her hand. You know how you know it's, for all of us, it's all about me. And so. We're trying to have this wonderful conversation, and it's interrupted about every 30 seconds, you know, because they want to come over and touch her and talk to her and say who they are, and I'm so-and-so from, from this place. And so we just sat there and together, and she goes, huh uh-huh, nice to meet you. And very gracious, but a very sweet. It was a great example of that, how we are so, we're drawn to that irresistible energy because she just vibrates. It's such a, an amazing, amazing uh, vibration. So here's a great story she's told every time I see her, and I think It's fabulous. So we have the bucket, and we're, we're, we're focusing on the top of the bucket most of the time. So she's living in New York City in Manhattan, and her rent's 1000 bucks, and she's on this regular street with no name, because in Manhattan you've got Soho, and you've got, the, you got the Chinatown, and you've got Little Italy, you've got all these little districts, and all these little names, just like Edmonton here. You know, we're in, we're in Forest Heights, aren't we? And there's Terrace Heights over there, and Gold Bar, and you know, I, I don't know where, I've been here seven years, I don't know where half this stuff is. Oh, I live over in Clydesdale. Where the heck is Clydesdale? Well, it's where the big horses are. Okay. <laughs> Great. I'll look for that. If I ever see big horses, I'll know I'm in Clydesdale. So anyway, she's living in this apartment, and all of a sudden she gets noticed that her, her rent's going up because they renamed the, the neighborhood. It's no longer a regular street. Now it's flat iron. And she said as soon as they rename the neighborhood, everything goes up, and all of a sudden her rent goes up $500. Ah. Huh. Exactly. So 30% increase, 33% increase. And so what does she do? As all good metaphysicians would do, we know affirmative prayer. She starts praying. What does she start praying for? She says, God, shrink the rent. That's her prayer. God's going to shrink the rent. And so she, and, and she talks about being in the conversation. Now, I w- the, the conversation is not disembodied voices that say, you know, August. Go. Oh. Derek Marion. Do the laundry this week. That kind of thing? It's not that, okay? It's this intuitive hits. It's as, just this knowing. When Laura and I came to Edmonton, we knew. We knew right away. You know what? In fact, next year is my seventh year. Next year is my... It, it, I'm going to tell you, this is interesting. It happens in cycles of seven. So there's powerful things happening here for myself as well. So, August rent gets increased. I'll tie this in in a moment. August rent gets increased $500. She's treating. She's doing affirmative prayer. Shrink to rent. And so she's in her meditation. She's listening in the conversation. I told Catherine Cardinal the other day, six months ago, I dreamed I she was going to show up in that jacket. And she said, I wish you'd told me six months ago. I spent, th- I spent three hours trying to make a decision. And here, you already knew. <laughs> Catherine, stand up and show them the jacket. Look at this thing. There we go. Yeah. So she walks in. I go, that's the jacket. She says, what are you talking about? Do you have one like it? I said, no, I'd get beat up if I wore that out in public. (laughs) But that's the one that I saw in my dream. So August is in this conversation because that's the importance of meditation when we listen for the guidance. And what the message was for her is, I'm not shrinking the rent. I'm growing a bigger you. Grow a bigger you. Right. It's true, all this financial stuff going on, all this monkey business has been going on, all this value and devalue, and price of oil, and price of this, and price of that, and cutting back here, and you know, going yeah, phooey. We need a bigger idea is what we need. It's consciousness, and we need the bigger idea, and I believe that bigger idea is showing up because that's the nature of the universe. That culturally, if you look at the systems we've had, they're breaking down, the monetary system's breaking down. That's when things fall apart because they have to fall apart because it's cyclical. And so if you can stand in this and go, wow, look at this. Something new is, is wanting to be born. And the genius will emerge. The idea that is alive and vibrant and dynamic will emerge. And that is what's happening right now. This is an exciting time to live. If your portfolio has gone out the window, now and and now's the time to stand in the consciousness of abundance and prosperity. Because if you know that, whatever you have created will bring, you will bring it back into your life tenfold. If I, could, if I could transplant a hologram of, of, of August, she stood in front of all the ministers and did a workshop, hour and a half, never stopped talking, and she stood there and she talked about the practice of tithing, and she said, tithing is about holding your space, holding your space, even when it's painful, holding your space, holding it, holding it, it's just like meditation, as the Buddhists say, keeping your position, holding your space, I thought, oh my God, I love this woman, that's so true, because sometimes it's painful to give, but you know what? When we give, especially when we give when it's difficult and challenging, we are, we are embodying that, that consciousness of prosperity. We're holding the consciousness. That's when it requires to get tough for all of us. That's what spiritual pride is. It's easy to meditate when we're in a good mood. Oh, I can't meditate right now. I'm so upset. So busy fixing things, doing things. It's about growing a bigger you, a bigger idea. And for me, this community, August said it. To the ministers, if your community is not growing, I have been saying for, for years now, we are the fastest, largest and fastest growing New Thought community in Canada. Now at one point in time, that may not have lined up with consensus reality, but it does now. I, I told them at the I got to teach the leadership portion at our intensive with our new ministerial graduates, and I go in and I tell them my story of Edmonton. I tell them all about the mistakes. I tell them about all the good things that we've done. I tell them about shared leadership because what we do with our leadership, with our staff ministers, with our practitioners, we get together and hang out. You've got to spend quality time to be in high relationship, to get to know one another. And there's a resonance that goes on when you're in that conversation. Yeah, there's words, there's details. We're doing that, but there's also just being in high relationship. That's why spiritual practice is so important. When we're, we're, we're in spiritual practice, we're in high relationship with spirit, and then we're guided. And so I, I'm always listening. I'm always paying attention. I made a vow a number of years ago that everyone that shows up into my life is here to support me and teach me. And sometimes I don't like that teacher they show up. Sometimes I want that teacher to go away. No, 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 I'm, wi- I'm ready, willing, and able to be transformed, but not through this person. <laughs> but if you're on this path or you're doing the work, that's what happens. Because life, spirit is seeking expression. See, I think we have such a powerful message. Last week when Norm fell and cracked the back of his head open, I don't know if you knew it or not, Reverend Catherine McLeod was doing the talk and leaving the house, her husband, wonderful man, he was the board president when I came here. He slipped and fell, and he had to go to the emergency room. And so Catherine was torn. Do I go to the hospital? Do I stay? You know, do, I, do I go do the talk? Her talk title was Real Life. I think it was the nitty-gritty of real life. Huh. Go figure. There's the nitty-gritty showing up. And so she came and she did the talk. And, and, and Norm went to the hospital and the rest of his family. And I was on the phone. We were getting ready to take off at the airport when I first heard about it. And so we did prayer treatment on the phone. And then afterwards I called the family. And in the meantime, Laura and I were talking. And we prayed about this. And we knew. But what we did in consciousness, what we didn't go into was lack and limitation. We didn't go into worry. Because I won't worry for you when you come and tell me your story. Because there's nothing to worry about. It's all God. It's all God. And when we get it, when it all shows up, as August has told, told me over and over and over again, it's all here for us. And then, okay, what's for me to know here? And to have this teaching, and to not wallow in the pity and the worry, but to lift ourselves up to, collectively. And so I was reminded of it at times, because we all, want, we all want to slip into that. It's easy. It's easy to worry, because we care. But when our extension, so my teacher, the ambulance would go by, I didn't realize she was teaching Tonglen. The ambulance the siren to go by. What am I supposed to do? She said, no, for them, they have everything they need. No, they have everything they need. It, It shifts the whole conversation. You're powerful beyond your own imagination. And so when things show up, so with Norm and Catherine, they have everything they need. I don't like this. This is suffering. Compassion means to suffer with. But I know that my having pity... My, my worry for them doesn't help them. And even if, if it was Norm's time to graduate to the next experience, I would know he had everything he needed. I didn't want to lose him. I love seeing my friend. I love hugging him. I love talking with him. He's got a wonderful sense of humor. He's a joy to be around. He's one of my teachers and mentors. When I first got here and there were things happening, there, there were some characters around here when I first got here. There's no more characters around here, by the way. <laughs> and I'd want to do something. Because I want to get on with it. And Norman's just say, no, 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 come on, let's go have a coffee and slow down. Let's slow down. slow down. Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay, Norm, let's slow down. It was perfect. It was perfect. Because the right things always happen. The right things always happen. See, we don't have to send anybody out of our lives. You never have to invite anybody out of your life. And what you do is you, you embody the consciousness of what the, the, the quality and the, the essence of what it is how you want to show up and if they fit with that they'll stay and if they don't they, they leave. I, one of my early teachers in ministry said never do anything to keep people never do anything to send people away I'd love to tell you I've done that all the time but I've done it most of the time and it's, it's true for us individually as well so really, can we, can, we hold, can we stand in that, that tonglen, the giving and receiving, in the bodhicitta, that noble heart? In Mark Nepo's book, The Exquisite Risk, he says it so beautifully. He says, Every painful form of loneliness and lack of worth comes from the soul being cut off from everything life-giving. When, all, when we fall into that, we're cut off from source. We're cut off from the radiance of life. And so it, spiritual practice... Coming together on a Sunday, and we elevate the conversation, we listen to the music. The music opens us up because we can't listen to the music with our minds. We listen to the music in our souls, in our hearts. That's why it's so powerful and beautiful. And it it, it shifts us and changes us. It makes us available. It's the power of slowing down. So our soul gets cut off from everything that is life-giving, as if some clear wall is sealing us from being touched. See, the idea is to be touched to be able to take it in. When, Nor- when Norm cracked his head open, oh my gosh, oh, 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 oh. And so you process that, you have the conversation, and then you move into a bigger idea. Let's go back to spiritual practice here. What do we know about this? That everything happens for us, including for Norm. So often in this state, we run desperately from misadventure to misadventure. Have you done that? Got a PhD in that one. All in an urgent attempt not to go completely numb. All the while, the smallest fern, unable to go anywhere, simply opens itself and lives off the day. If we look at if we look at nature, if we look at, at nature, what does what, what do the plant life do? They create sugar from sunlight. Sugar from sunlight is that not a miracle? What does a wheat field do? You got to have enough sunlight. We don't plant it in the winter here, Well, you can't if you've noticed. <clears throat> you know what? I, I'm going to do a whole lesson one time on my brother and I going ice fishing one time. It took us hours to chop a hole big enough to get the boat in, and then we were so tired we couldn't even fish. (laughs) But that's another Sunday. All right. But plant life, plant life, what does it do? It creates sugar, nutrients from sunlight. Is this not a message to us when we open to the light? When we open to the light, the metaphor. And when we're open, when we're cracked open, when somebody we love, it cracks us open and we can stay present with it and mindful in it, then it creates the sugar within us. And for some reason, we got this idea that we're not supposed to experience that. Joseph Campbell said that the, the goal of all this journey is to, to be able to, to, to be in the sorrow of life in joy. To Understand all of it is precious. All of it is necessary. And, and everything is impermanent, the impermanence of it. So things fall apart so the new can be born. And so my, my reminder from spending time with, with August You know, when I first got here, we had 106 members. And so what I would say to myself daily in my prayer, many times daily, what must I become to have 150 members here? What must I become in order to have a budget of such an amount this year? Because we can measure those things. Now we're over 400 members. So now my daily prayer is what must I become to have 450 members here and have 600 people in attendance on a Sunday? What must I become? Not what you must become, what I must become. And so what happens with that is then everybody shows up that helps coach me and, and, and rub the rough parts of me off so that we can have that experience. And why is that? Because I know that, that I'm here to be of service to God. I'm here to be of service to my fellow man, and I'm here to be of service to myself because they're one and the same. And so if I can move myself, I can help shift, I can help model, I can help create a space where you can come and discover your light. So to lead, is, as August said so beautifully in her talk, it's not the strongest don't lead. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I have all the answers and I got it all done and my life is complete and there's no more learning for me to do. I'm running about two steps in front of you, but I'm awake and I'm aware and I'm looking as best I can. And so it's not about the strongest leading, it's about leading from the broken heart. And I've had my heart broken over and over and over again, and when it happens now, I know it's there for the greater good. It cracks me open, like Laura always says, you're always crying. I say, yeah, I'm having a moment here. I'm having a moment here, it's okay. I always crying, you big crybaby, stop it. Now, she doesn't say that, but sometimes I say that to myself. But, but, but all of that, crying's good. It washes, it cleanses us, it opens us up, it moves things aside. Not that it has to be all, done all through tears, but that's been my journey, my experience. I hooked up with a new prayer partner in, in, uh, in, in Silomar when I was there, a guy named James Mellon. And James has a, and uh, I, I thought he was 20 years younger than me. turns out he's a year younger than me. We were talking this morning, doing prayer work. He just doesn't have this, this, well, he doesn't dye his hair gray like I do. Anyway, it's deceptive. So we're talking, and one of the things Laura and I love is we love American Idol. We love the show, we love, and, and, our, and our boys always tease us, but we love that, and I just love watching these young people step up. And so I'm talking to James, and he says, you know this guy that's, that's one of the, 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 I think he's probably going to win this year, but you know it's a long way out, a guy named Adam Lambert, if you watch, he's got an amazing voice. So we love Adam. We love them all because they're incredibly talented. There's probably six of them that should win this year. And I'm talking to James, and he owns a theater in North Hollywood, and they don't have enough room. I said, you and I got to team up, man. You got to be prayer partners. He says, I'll know for you a bigger space, and I'll know for me a bigger space. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a seat a 1,000, and we could do an hour and a half service with plenty of music, and we could all be together in the same building? I think that would be sweet. And so James has got this theater that's too small. He owns the theater, and that's where they have church. And he said, six months ago, Adam came in and auditioned for a play that he was directing that he wrote. And he didn't get the job. And two years before, Catherine McVie, who finished second in American Idol, had auditioned for a play, and she didn't get the job. And James said, you know, uh, his partner said to him, you know, this is twice now, you've blown it. <laughs> but maybe not, maybe not. I always think the right things are happening, always. And he said Adam was wonderful vocally, but he, disc- he couldn't connect with the character. So his strength is vocally, maybe he can't, and you've got to be able to create, create, connect with the heart of the character. See, the reason that I, I think I'm, I, I have a, a gift in this area is because that's what acting gave me. I never get up here and talk to you about anything that I haven't experienced, and I always, my intention is always to show up with an open heart, be a clean, hollow vessel of divine expression, to speak to the heartfelt needs of this community. And I get that, and so that for me was the joy of acting. And then I realized, you know what, I don't want to speak anybody else's lines. I want to write my own lines, I want to create my own thing that's what's alive and fresh for me. So after a number of years of doing that, it was empty for me. I said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this. But what that dream brought me to was my calling. And so James and I were talking about this, about opportunities or missed opportunities, but all of it's right and perfect. All of it's right and perfect. And so in our lives... It is really about this, this stepping into the radiance whenever appropriate and necessary. It is about doing our spiritual practice so that we're reminded in those times of when it's crisis or it's serious that there's a bigger idea seeking expression by means of us. And then surrounding ourselves with enough people and enough creativity and enough support, enough resources so that we, we take all of it and use it to expand our hearts and expand our, our experience on this planet. So my vow this week... And I invite you to to share my vow is that everywhere I go, people are there to instruct me, to inform me, to stretch me to a greater good, to a greater experience of life. I have everything I need wherever I go to live in that abundance and prosperity and that good stewardship of the things I have and to to open in ways. So wherever you are in your life, what's the next step? And when we get clear about that, we stay focused on that and we continue to go back there and know, so we are here in this moment, in this center. What must I become? To, have a, to be more effective, to serve in a greater way, to serve myself, to serve others, to serve God. If we can live from that and be more mindful of that day by day, moment by moment, then we're taking all the experiences, the Tonglin, and we're taking whatever happens and transforming it into compassion, and then our heart is awakened, and then life is sweet, sweeter than it already is. So it is. We'll get them. I'm just going to stand here till Sue says something.
2: Pat, we love you. There we go. I'm, I'm always amazed at the synchronicity between the songs that are chosen, no matter who's singing, and, um, and, and the talk. Because really, this song is just about opening your heart and allowing yourself to be just loved for a moment. It's called You Are So Beautiful. you see.